I remember a time that is giving me chills right now, and I didn't even see it live, but Alexander McQueen had a show where models walked out in plain canvas dresses that were already constructed, but then he started painting them. And to me, that's just like the ultimate dream to be able to bring your creations and creativity for a collection and present it in front of a crowd of people and it translate like that. After seeing that, I said, oh my God, fashion is just, it's a dream really. You can create so much. And I know music touches a lot of people at one time, but fashion does too. I'm way in California, a kid across the ocean that this is happening and I feel this way about it. So I'm still in love with that moment. I think at that moment I realized I just have to be a part of this some way and it changed me. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to a Fashion Moment podcast. Whether you're a fashion lover or just fashion curious, welcome. I literally love bringing you one-on-one interviews week after week with your fashion favorites. I get inspired every time, and I hope you do too. This podcast is not sponsored, and all of us here are freely giving our time because we all believe in this and we love it. I would love to continue this great work and bring you even more content, exclusive features, and live events in the years ahead. If you love the podcast or just want to support, buy me a coffee. Yes, a coffee. You can visit buymeacoffee.com slash a fashion moment to become a fashion friend for one coffee a month, $5, or click the support tab to grab any amount you'd like. Again, that's buymeacoffee.com slash a fashion moment. Thank you for supporting us. Now on to the show. A native of Compton, California, designer and entrepreneur Shantae Nicole, the founder of Nicole Shantae, discovered her love for fashion and creating at the early age of nine years old. Inspired by the impeccable style of the strong women in her family and by getting lost in the glossy pages of Vogue, Shantae enrolled in the fashion marketing program at the Fashion Institute of Design and Merchandising in Los Angeles, California. With a knack for building something out of nothing, she would later leave corporate America to create her own fashion business. In this episode, I'll talk to Shantae about her journey as a designer, building a successful business, the beauty of creating a private label, which is really good, y'all, and diversity in the fashion industry, along with the importance of tailoring for women, which more people need to do. Check it out. Thank you for coming on a fashion moment. Like, what an amazing line. I mean, especially there's just like, you know, for black designers, I know like now it's like, everybody's like in the mix, but like, you've been doing your thing for a minute. And like, I see the swatches and the, and the, you know, designs and things. And I'm like, okay, okay. You know, the quality really means a lot to me. And first of all, thank you for having me. I'm honored to sit and chat with you. I love, love, love your podcast. Aww. Ramona turned me on and I think it's amazing. Aww, um, so I'm you. honored to be um, I see that logo shirt. I'm trying to get me a Nicole Shante t-shirt. Are you selling those on your website? 
They are on the website. Yes. Perfect for casual Friday. I love a really minimal, simple t-shirt sometimes. You better so. sell. You better sell. I love it. <laughs> You're like, you can wear it to you know, the park. You can, when you pick up the oh, a blazer on with it. And it's so transitional. Oh my yes. goodness. Well, I always love to start from the beginning of the journey, like the very beginning. So like, what was life like growing up in LA? And I got to ask, you know, for all the California people out there, where in LA and what was that experience like? Yes. Well, I am from LA. LA is a beautiful city that is dear to my heart, but I grew up in Compton, in the Compton area. Yes. Which is maybe like 15 minutes from actual LA, I guess. Stop it. Um, I was born in Compton. We're like sisters. We are sisters. Look at this. I love it. I love it. Grew up in Compton. Yes, absolutely. I went to Westchester High School, which was a great opportunity for me to meet so many other people that were not, you know, from Compton, from different areas of LA. And um, I was introduced to really amazing things by going to school on the West Side, including fashion, um, which I always loved from a little girl, but just introducing me to bigger names by being, you know, kind of on the West Side of town. I was able to learn about the Givenchy's before most people, you know, before most people probably had the opportunity. So it was a blessing. Um, Yeah, I credit Compton and just my bringing a lot because I know how to make something out of nothing, you know, and it's a beautiful thing to know how to create from scratch, I guess I you can say. It. Well, you, you said you had an early love for fashion. Like what are some of your like earliest fashion memories? Like, was it something you saw or person or celebrity where you're just like, Oh my God, like when did you get bit by the bug? Okay, this is going to be cliche, I know, but it it's just born in me. Like I knew at nine years old that fashion was my thing. So with Barbies instead of whatever everyone else played, I played runway. You know, it was for me to collect all of their clothes, style them how I wanted to, cut them, do different things with them. And she was on the runway, you know, so those were really the only toys that I ever played with for that specific reason. Everything else was just, I was drawn to fashion. So I learned about fashion at a very young age. I would just look at Vogue magazines, you know, look at my surroundings, the strong women around me, how they dress. Who are you talking about? Who are you talking about? My mom, my aunt, you know, and they were watching Dynasty. I would log, I would get and see Diana, Diane Carroll and all these amazing women be fierce and glamorous and Diana Ross, the Supremes. So these are things that inspired me that I'm like, I have to know, like, who made this? Who, who helped her achieve this confidence to walk in this room? demanding this and how do I get into it? So it was a very young age. I was just fascinated by it. I think um, it's the gift that God gave me to, to affect the world in a positive play in a positive way. Women all over the place that I've never met wear my clothes. And I, I pray that they feel confident wearing them. They feel like those women who inspire me. So it, it's, it's in my blood, I guess, girl. You know. <laughs> 
Did you have any muses like when you grew, when you were growing up? Like I remember that like you know this is like before the internet. And, like you know when AOL, you heard the noise like when it would connect. Like before before the internet, it, I remember looking through magazines and there were certain campaigns that just like really stuck out to me. Like were there designer campaigns where you're just like this brand is just like doing it for me. Like I want to be that woman in that coat or I want to be, you know, that person in the boat, you know, like I know it was at, uh, of course, all the Lily Pulitzer ones. And I wasn't even, I didn't know what it was, but like that girl was always like floating to, to an Island or, you know, with the scarf on her head, looking carefree. Like, did you have any of those growing up? Absolutely. 1000%. I am a huge fan of Tom Ford and his Gucci era. And I absolutely love those campaigns where it was just powerful women sitting in the most simple items, but you can tell they demand, you know, attention. And I would even love how during that same era, Tom Ford would put you know, his, his muse in an elevator with her man and she's wearing this revealing dress. I feel like that's, you know, it connects with a lot of women. And I also love, I I was super inspired by the DKNY campaigns where this amazingly dressed woman is just in the street. She's, you know, going to work or we don't know where she's going. We just know she looks amazing. So Absolutely. Absolutely. And super inspired by all. I love it so much. Well, you know, you went to FIDM and I, I I mean, I'm so jealous because I was like, mom, dad, FIDM, FIT person. And they're like, no, you know, (laughs) they're like, no business. You know, I love my parents dearly, but I was a little disappointed. So like what inspired you to apply there? Like why FIDM? And when you were there, like, what are some of the skills that you learned there that really helped you as a designer today? It was FIDM because they were the best in LA. Uh And that's just, you know, the answer for that. I, I, my goal was always to be in the room with the peers that I see myself with, you know, that vision has always been very clear to me. So where can I go so that I obtain the knowledge if I can't go to Parsons or if Uh I can't go to FIT? You know, so FITM, that was the reason why FITM was my choice. And then what I learned at FITM is that you, as a designer, you're kind of limitless, but sticking to your aesthetic of what you are creating as a designer is very important. It's really like a brand image like McDonald's or or Pizza Hut. You know, you kind of have to look at a brand that way and be very familiar with your aesthetic. Um, I definitely learned that. And then I really learned how a garment can look very complicated and be very simple or vice versa, look very simple and and have details that are just worth the investment. Uh-huh. Um, so that's what I try to create. I'm sorry. They are. Oh my God. Here. No can worries. I- we'll pause. We'll pause. Okay. I'll pause. Okay. All right. Yeah. So FIDM, that's amazing. And you, you majored in design and marketing. So you were doing the design uh, portion, but also like, was that like a double major or was that something you deliberately uh, wanted to do? 
marketing was something that I deliberately wanted to do, which if I could do it over, I'm going to be honest, I would have picked up business instead. Wow. Fashion design is so much about business. Like majority of a fashion house is the business of it. A small percentage is the creating. Um, I picked marketing because my goal at the time without the knowledge of knowing, you know, was okay, how to make the clothes and then how to sell them. So how to make them, how to market them. And I just thought there it is, you know, so I was one, not very many people in my family went to college. So I didn't have the direction and maybe I just didn't ask, but I didn't have the direction. Okay. This is what you should do. This is what you should major in, you know? So, um, Hopefully I'm able to give other people that knowledge on, on just different ways to go because I didn't have them. So marketing was because I didn't know to take business. Wow. So with the business element, I assume that's more of the numbers, like the number crunching, the boring stuff like accounting. <laughs> exactly. The boring stuff like accounting, the um, just business also touches on a lot of marketing that and advertising and just being intentional, really, you wow. know, um, like a strategy. Exactly. A strategy. Yeah. You hit it right on the nose. Wow. So yeah, Ooh. it's been necessary in a fashion house. Seriously. Learning <laughs> as you go. And you know, it's crazy because you actually, you worked in retail, you interned, you know, at places like, you know, Nordstrom and the Marc Jacobs. And, and so you have the, the sales floor experience and even like, you know, some of the inner workings of like how, how brands sort of like operate and all that, that good stuff. What was that experience like after FIDM? Was that after or during or a mix? It was after, it was after, um, I did a few smaller internships in between as well, but it was after it was, can I be honest with um, you? Yes, you can. <laughs> this is a fashion moment. <laughs> FIDM did not prepare me for what was really going on in the fashion world. Mm. You know what I mean? It's very fast. Yeah. Fashion is, even if you aren't producing fast fashion, the way that things are demanded is very fast. Even the thought that uh, artists, because designers are artists, they create six months, create something new, six months, create Ooh. something new, six months, create something new. It's like, I need to give my brain a chance to get inspired just like, you know, a painter yeah. or any a musician. So yeah, I did that. I, I learned that I wasn't prepared, but the blessing in those internships and those jobs was, this is no joke. And, um, you know, if you want this, you have to focus up and you have to set some goals and know what you're going to do, or it's not going to happen. That simple. That's wild because I mean, were you, were you still sort of designing and practicing on your own while you were, you know, in these experiences and, and these jobs and like, like was the goal to, eventually start your own thing or to work with the fashion house or like what was sort of on your mind at that time? At that time, I was originally going to do a footwear line. Oh, wow. um, I love shoes so much. So as soon as the brand is able to fingers crossed branch into footwear, I'm going to jump into it. I'm, I'm a shoe lover. I'm a shoe girl. So that was the plan at first. And then, um, 
My goal was if it was a dream world, I would have worked at another fashion house or a brand. I applied for so many, like guests, anywhere yeah. that had a fashion name. I just wanted to I applied to, to guests too. They wasn't trying to hire me either, girl. <laughs> they did Shout not hire me. Guess, but I, mean. I just wanted to learn. <laughs> Shout out to guests. Okay. You know, you, reparations by sponsoring the show. You are more than welcome. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. But I wanted to learn and no one was hiring designers that were like me. Wow. And I hate to touch that. I think a lot of it had to do with my skin color is because when I go back and look at who got the job, because I do that, who got the job, who I'll be me and what do I need to fix? You know, I understand that maybe it just wasn't the time. You know, it doesn't necessarily mean that their skill was better than mine. So that kind of was the birth of my line. Wow. The fact that I couldn't get a job. And I'm like, you know, it's not fair that there's so many creative black designers that don't get the opportunity when a lot of the inspiration in the fashion industry comes from the black culture. You would think you go directly to the source, uh, but you know, that wasn't always the case. I love how many black designers there is now, but that was the birth of my line. I, I I not only wanted to see creatives creating uh-huh. for their culture, you know, so that we don't get Gucci with blackface or something uh-huh. like that. But I also wanted to see models that, you know, weren't always of the same skin complexion in magazines. Vogue, yeah. I'm an 80s baby. Vogue did not have, if it wasn't, you know, Queen Naomi, yep. it was anybody. Yep. Maybe, you know? maybe a luck whack, you know, luck whack would like, you know, <laughs> peek in every once in a while. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Wow. That, you know, you mentioned something earlier about how quick things turn and that's been something, you know, some of our guests have touched on, like, especially the designers, just about how, how crazy the schedules are. Like just interviewed Tracy Reese and she was very adamant about that cycle. And, you know, with her transition into sustainability, being a bit more of a, of an intentional, thoughtful process. So like with your current line, are you, is that something that you take more liberty like upon yourself to sort of set your own sort of schedules in terms of collections and things like that? Or are you like, you know what, let me just keep up with the industry like calendar and what's happening, what's happening now. I am doing a little bit of both. Mm -hmm. So with my, my previous collections, I was the rebel. I was full rebel. You know, I'm only going to sell from my website. I'm going to make what I want to make. So, you know, was me not making full cohesive collections, but at the same time I had to say, okay, if you're going to be the rebel, then you have to either, figure out how to reach the masses or you're going to have to work in the lines of what large department stores like a Saks or Neiman's is doing. And the fact is, is that why would they buy clothing that is not geared towards fall when they are buying for fall? You know, I do understand these retailers are a business and they need to make sure that they are selling. So I'm with collection three, I'm getting in line with that because okay. the, I'm, I'm intentional. You know, my goal is to be intentional. And these are the retailers that I see my brand in that I want to work with. So I am jumping in line with being releasing collections closer to schedule yeah. and calendar dates. Now, if they're going to always be geared toward the, the season, 
Maybe, maybe not. I, I hope to keep that part in a creative space yeah. where I can just create what I want as a designer, you know? Yeah. So yeah. that's well, you know, it's, <laughs> we're going to get back to that because I'm <laughs> like, I got more questions about that, but just okay. circling back a little bit. Why Nicole Shante? What was the inspiration behind the name? And also, uh, also, how would you describe the Nicole Shante customer and like the brand? Okay. Um, another honest answer. I my first name is Shante. My middle name is Nicole. Okay, because I was like, I think I was like, I think your name is Shante. So it's like, where did Nicole come from? And like, what what inspired the flip? I, it's it was an insecurity that I had to work through. Mm. I thought Shantae was too ghetto to be a brand mm. name, mm. you know. And now that I have built, you know, the brand is growing, and I had a chance to grow because that was an insecurity yeah. initially. That was an insecurity that I had. Once I was able to face that and say, you know, no, it isn't. Mm. Uh-huh. You know, it, it was we were already into it. I learned that, you know, so. Because Nicole is my middle name and some people do call me that Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, I'm, I don't mind that it is a brand name that I do love. That's why I went with it. But that was why I switched it. Yeah. I'm not going to switch it back because I've already so much, much, yeah, into it. But yes, it, I do find it very hard to tell people my name is actually Shantae. I was like, hold on a second. (laughs) No, but you know, I, that's so transparent. And I think it's something that a lot of black designers have done. I mean, my name is freaking Kirsten, like for the longest, like before Naeem came into place, Kirsten Holt. So most people just assumed, and you know, with my accent, you know, I'm a bit of a Valley girl accent. I mean, I I, I was born in Compton, grew up in Colton and, you know, went to predominantly white school, you know, like it just, so people just assume, and I'm like, I wonder if I had a different accent, if I had a different first name, if I would have even made it into the fashion door, you know? So there's a lot of, there was a lot of that going on before the, you know, thank God for the Black Lives Matter movement, because honestly, we wouldn't, we wouldn't have had all this change in the fashion industry if people weren't stuck at home with everything going on outside. So thank you. Thank you to the movement. but that's something a lot of black people, not just black designers, black executives, like everyone were, yeah. were insecure or, or would think twice about before yeah. moving forward. So, t- I mean, we were all there. <laughs> we were all there. <laughs> no shame. <laughs> no shame. But you're brilliant because you also have a freaking private label. I was like, skirt, skirt, excuse me. And you know, let me tell you know, with my days of Bloomingdale's, like, I saw how valuable private label business can be. Like, what inspired you to add that element to your to your portfolio of collections? By the grace of God, the women that I saw from the beginning, the women, you know, that I envisioned wearing the brand were always powerful women. And maybe that's not even in their job title, but in their mentality, in their mind, 
you know, and luckily I've been blessed to have them as clients. And a lot of that requires custom suiting. So my private label right now at the time being is custom suiting in any color, you know, for any event. And it's just been a really great word of mouth portion of my business because I get one private client. She absolutely loves her suit. And she may say, hey, I want a silk trouser cut this same way and a dress to match the blazer. And, you know, we even provide to her, here's your dress, here's your blazer. And because I'm a color girl, I like to produce colors that can mix well, contrast together. So, hey, if you have this navy blazer, here's a suggestion on this beautiful red dress that we can pair with it along with the skirt. And so now for your conference, you have a dress, a skirt, and a pair of pants that all can mix and match together. You're packing lighter. I am making your life more convenient. You know, and that's a real goal to expand on. And thankfully, I've been able to do that. Like, what was the process like for you to even get the brand started? Like, did you come up with a design strategy? Like, what were some of the first steps that you took to actually make this brand happen? Like, you know, people are often like, you know, like, where do I source? Like, where do I get my materials? Like, where do I do, where do I get this? What do like, like what, what were some of your first steps, especially for the aspiring designers out there? Okay. Yeah. That's, um, believe it or not, I started my brand with $500. I started my brand with $500. And I was sewing. I did all the sewing myself. I did everything myself. My neighbor, who actually lived like around one corner from me, she helped me sew things. She was a godsend at the time. Um, There were just some things I didn't know how to do. So she helped me. She had equipment that I did not have access to. Um, She helped me do that. I put on a small show. And I ended up getting like $1,500 in donations from family that came to the show that just believed that, you know, when I put my mind to something, I do it with that. I was able to get some, um, standard patterns made like my, one of them, I still use my traditional blazer. I'm always a fan of blazer because it can go so many ways. Um, I got that made and it was a good one. I was able to invest a few hundred dollars because patterns are like, if you're outsourcing from like a contractor, like 300 bucks for a blazer, you know? Yeah, absolutely. That doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get many revisions with that. So you want to make sure that's kind of right the first time. Wow. Uh, because I'm a student of fashion, which is important. So if you are an aspiring designer, do your research, you know, no fabrics. I did learn that from Fitum. I I learned about fabric. I learned about movement, even though as a designer, I test it all the time when I should not be, but um, (laughs) that's my hard head. Um, (laughs) And I did that. And the craziest story, you're going to think I'm so crazy. So no, I won't. (laughs) (laughs) Again, this idea of this woman, you know, this just ambitious woman, I'm like, who's an ambitious woman? An attorney? a judge, a actress, a journalist, you know, anyone who is a stay-at-home mom, anyone who is putting their mind to something and getting it done. You know, an ambitious woman doesn't even have to, if she's running a family, that's a job. So I I um, Googled one of the buildings downtown. 
I think it was like the Wells Fargo building at the time. And I looked to see how many corporate offices were in that building. So how many women work here? And I dropped off some um, like marketing information. And for like four months, nothing happened. Nothing happened. And then one day this woman emailed me about getting a suit made by me. And the rest is kind of history. That's crazy, right? Look at God. Look oh my God. goodness. Yes. Yeah, wow. So, so like were you like were you still working then or were you just like, I'm on my own. I'm out. <laughs> no, I wish. I um, <laughs> I didn't leave corporate America until three years ago. I was working wow. at Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was working at a marketing firm because sales were coming like hit and miss and yeah. real life happens every day. So I had to. <laughs> I'm writing that down, y'all. That's a, that's, that's a tweetable quote right there. <laughs> yes. I had to, you know, support myself and my business had to support my business. So mm. I couldn't put my hands in those pockets and my business, it, it couldn't afford to pay me what I was working, you know, and that's just the reality of it. As an entrepreneur, you volunteer a lot in the beginning. You know, you can't be paid what you're worth. I don't know if you're ever paid for as much time as you put in it, you know, thought, rides home, you're thinking about work. So um, yeah, I had a full time job and I would be working that job. And then when I go home, I'm working like another six hours. So it was 12 hour days, sometimes even longer. So basically you didn't like sleep for a while. I, you know, I, I remember it back in 2019, like it's been a minute. <laughs> It's been a minute, but like, what, like, what, what, what happened or what was the moment where you were actually like, what happened to where you were actually able to like, stop and like, do this full time? Like, how did you know? How do you know? And it's like, all right, like I'm funding the dream. I can actually step away without feeling like, you know, like my whole life's going to collapse and I have no health insurance. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Yes. I do know what you mean. Um, The business was running, the brand was growing and I had a small team of three people. So the brand was running while I was at work. So I'm going to go ahead. I see you. Awesome, y'all. And full requests for like these amazing women, because now, you know, some stylists in the industry are starting to notice the brand. I'm getting pulls and I was torn between times that I wanted to be here, but I'm obligated to be there. And, you know, I'm, I try my best to be a good person first. So if I gave them my word, I'm here, I'm showing up. And I would be like on my lunch break on the phone with my team, like what's happening, what's going on. And, um, at the beginning of the year in 2019, God told me, God was speaking to me and he's just like, look, you're either going to trust me and jump. Or you're going to stay in this situation and, you know, be torn here. And so I'm I'm praying on it. I am a prayer. So I prayed on it. And um, I'm like, okay, what do I do? How do I do it? Do I just give them my two weeks? God is like, December is your last month here. And that was my plan. I start telling my my, um, friend at work, like, okay, December, that's it. Crazy part of it. The company comes to us in October and says, we're relocating in December and we're shutting this office down. So I guess 
Yes. yes. So I guess that was God's. And I was left with like, um, you know, a compensation for them. Oh, oh my God. Yeah, exactly. So I'm like, okay, wow. God is like, if you're undecided, I'm going to force you to do it. They were wow. relocated to Dallas and Dallas is not a place where I see my life right now. So I'm like, I decline, but you know, I'll help you guys transition to there. And thankfully they were able to pay me a nice amount of money to, you know, start wow. that process off. And it's been ever since. Um, yeah, ever since. That's, that's wild. That is, that's so inspirational. You guys got to tap in, tap into that, <laughs> tap into that voice, you know, but you know, I, I have to, there's so many questions about design that I would love to ask you, but I know we're, you know, we have limited time together, but this is, there's just so many, so many things there, especially you as an, you know, as a black designer, um, tailoring, like the tailoring world is not very diverse and it's, I mean, in my opinion, it's like sort of like this elevated like technique of, of design because there's so many intricacies involved. Um, how did you perfect your tailoring craft? And, you know, like, was that something you learned in school? Was that something that you just kept practicing and you're like, my power girl needs a blazer and a great suit? Like, where did that inspiration come from? Because it's not easy. A lot of people avoid that, actually. They're like, you know what? I'm just going to do a cut and sew and go on about my business. So like, what what inspired you to, to get into tailoring? I think the honest answer to that, I know the honest answer to that is that, you know, these clothes are affordable investments. You know what I mean? So tailoring is something that is kind of specific to that person specific to that woman. You know what I mean? If you're spending a, a couple hundred dollars on a pair of trousers, those things had better fit to you. Great. And, you know, I take pride in my clothes and what we create because I feel like you can have them for years. Um, it's always a goal for me to make transitional pieces for that specific reason and tailoring. I'm still, I'm, I'm such a student to tailoring that I feel like I'm always learning it. I'm always trying to get better. And that's the most, I beat myself up about tailoring all the time. I have to tell myself and remind myself like, Hey, don't compare your tailoring to a house that's been established for a hundred years. You know what I mean? Like learn it. Tailoring is very, it's a very complicated world. It's every fabric just not maneuver and move the same way. It's so much to tailoring. So I'm still figuring it out. I'm still a student to tailoring, but the it's whole not- life is going to be a life <laughs> endeavor with that. T- you know, I'm thinking of, um, you know, some of the, the streets in London, you know, it's like, yeah. there are people there for generations, like tailoring. You yes. Know? <laughs> yes. And then when you think about it, as far as suits, it's like, who doesn't just look amazing in a great suit? You know what true. I mean? I'm like, you know, I haven't, I haven't invested in a suit in like eons. Like you put that suit on and how do you feel? You just like, bring it on, whatever. I can get it all done. I love it. it. Yeah. 
I'm like, do you have some with stretch in it? Because that's the only way I'm going to be able to wear it. You know, I'm still, you know, this is like post mama body, like trying to trying to get no, it together. Amazing. <laughs> you look amazing. And we we um, custom our tailoring to size 22, actually. What? Um, that's yeah, amazing. Wow. Body shape is different. Every woman is different. And, you know, I try to cater to that. Mm-hmm. I, that's amazing. Like, you know, I. I have to ask this question. I mean, first of all, there aren't many women in tailoring, like tailoring, tailoring, like not sending, you know, the design off to like China and like, you know, the item coming back, but like, there aren't lots of women, but there aren't really tons of women in fashion design either. And especially, you know, black female fashion designers. Like, I mean, I remember, especially during our time growing up, it was like, where are they? It was like, it was like looking for a needle in a haystack. So it was like Tracy Reese. And I, I, I remember the day I, I was like, oh my God, Tracy Reese is black. Oh my God. Yeah. Like there's one, there's one, you know, <laughs> I love that you and I had the same reaction to finding out Tracy Reese was black. I'm like, oh, it's a miracle. It's like a I was miracle. so happy. I was like, oh my God. She's like <laughs> everywhere. Like you see that, you know? Um, so like, when it comes to designing for women, like, do you think there's a difference when a woman designs versus a man? Because there's so many men out there designing for women right now. What I think the difference is, is that I get to put them on and know how we really feel. A man can never know how a woman really feels. I know how I can start off in this outfit feeling great, slim and slender, and I can eat a grain of rice. And I know how I feel now after that happens. You know, I feel like a a man can't know how that feels. So I'm able to design with those things in mind. I'm able to actually, I know some designers say comfort and fashion don't go together, but I am a woman that is in the real world. And sometimes I need to be cute and I need to feel good and not feel so restricted to things. And you can only learn that from putting them on, hitting the pavement, wearing them, knowing them. You know what I mean? It's like living through the reactions when you wear them as well. It's like, am I really, am I really going to go to work with like this skirt with the slit all the way up my thigh, like all the way up, all the way up my thigh. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I love it so much. That is wild. So, I mean, there's obviously like lots of challenges as a designer and having a a, a brand or a label. Like what are, what is one of the like major challenges that you've learned over the years, um, you know, just with your experience and have sort of conquered, but what was something that was really like irking you for a minute? (laughs) What really irked me for a minute? Um, how diversity was not included at all. It's like, mm-hmm. you don't know, this is luxury fashion. You you couldn't possibly know. You wow. know, being robbed of that knowledge before you even give me a chance was super, you know, discouraging. But I feel like now we're at a time where editors are, you know, a Lindsay Peoples. And yeah. She's not looking at the color of your skin. She's looking at, are you good? You know what I mean? Uh Are you good? Do you know what you're doing? And at least, you know, that's a fair playing field. You know what I mean? Put me in a playing field and let me compete. 
So I feel like that was the biggest, you know, disappointment when I got into the fashion industry was so like how close niched it was. Yeah. These amazing women became editors and stylists, you know, and you have the law roaches and you have the Mm -hmm. Thomas that take a chance on black designers, you know, yeah. You mentioned Black Lives Matter, and it's crazy how such a horrible time can open people's eyes to the creativity that's out there. Creativity yeah. doesn't have a color on it. You know, who cares what color your skin is? Wow. Good, good. So, wow. yeah, that was hard, very hard, because you, you, it makes you so many no's. You have to be strong because so many no's makes you question yourself and makes you question mm. your talent it makes you question what you what you're hearing God tell you you know wow that was a hard time yeah absolutely that was deep that was deep I'm like I'm tearing up I'm tearing up I don't want to bring in a good way it's just beautiful (laughs) it's just so beautiful oh my god so you know you mentioned earlier about the importance of business I gotta ask you know just from like the buying standpoint like who put you on to like UPCs and markups and all of that stuff? Or is that still something that you're just like, Oh Lord, here we go. Like when you're negotiating with retailers and they get their big little calculators out and they're like, how much does that unit cost? One second. You know? Oh, like, 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 did you, did you, were you just like, I'm going to hire somebody for that? Like how, like, what was, what was learning that process? like and like how did you how did you like figure it out because it's just so close it seems like it's so closed off that whole it's like UPC capable what what do you mean like how did you learn that thankfully I have a cousin who yes cousins and if I'm in if I'm in over my head I call her she shows up and she's there for me. And then Google, Google is like my university and my fingertips. I use it. I use Google. Um, yeah. So my cousin helps me, Ebony. She's amazing a lot. She, um, Google and I buy books because I am a student, like help me learn what, what chapter is it? Okay. Let me go read on it. Let me highlight it. So, you know, so self-taught Google, family. And now I'm blessed to be around several entrepreneurs. So I learn things from them as well. How'd you meet them? Like, did you go to like networking events or were you a part of accelerator programs? Like how how did that happen? I do. Well, you know, you know, being a a LA native and a California native kind of just going places and meeting Mm. people Mm -hmm. and there's so many creatives in, you know, in LA on the West coast. And I think that's how it just genuinely happened. I go everywhere being my best self. I try to be a nice person. So I connect with people and God's grace, put the right people. Like I, Ramona, as an example, she's so amazing. And I, I think we met over social media. So wow, just like, that's wild. Yeah, that we have now and that we're able to use to our advantage is is how I network and and meet people. And now those people tell me about events that I go to. Wow. I'm not, you know, I you're not out here in these streets, Shantae. You ain't out here in these streets. <laughs> when I lived in New York, I was. When I lived oh, in New York, yes. it's a different environment. How They're like the opposite. Shantae, what did that I happen? Lived, 
Yes. I lived in New York for two years. New York. Wow. Oh my goodness. It was a, the most humbling experience. <laughs> New York Amen. spit you out. Okay. It sure um, will. <laughs> yeah, I did a lot of networking there. But here in LA, it's just a different environment. Like everybody has to be so cool and trendy to hang out. Yeah. So I just keep it genuine. You know, I just do the work and the people that come my way, thank God they've been like genuine for the most part. And if they aren't, I, I exit quickly. <laughs> exit but, stage left. <laughs> yeah. I have to be positive. So, um, Wow. Yeah. Wait, I got to ask, what is your craziest? Do you have like a crazy New York story? I feel like everyone has like just a crazy where you're just like, what? I mean, I mean, I had to sell like, you know, the I so at Bloomingdale's, they have like this huge sale and it was like 90% off of Chanel. So I got this Chanel suit, like my first like year. I was like, ooh, I'm doing it. Like, ow. But then the rent came. And I was like, oh my God, I think I got to sell this, this suit on eBay. It hurt my, it hurt my feelings so badly. I was like, man, I got to like pay my rent. I wasn't, it wasn't like all the investment banker friends who were like rolling in the dough, getting their bonuses. Like I wasn't making very much at all. Like, do you have any crazy stories where you're just like, well, I guess that's New York for you. A lot of them, yes. <laughs> a lot of them. Like you, I said, did you have roommates? Like, were you by yourself? Like, what happened? Roommates the whole time because I absolutely could not afford <laughs> LA, uh, New York by myself. I had roommates. <laughs> um, when I first moved there, I had one roommate. Um, after like maybe nine months, that changed mm. to two roommates because New York will tell you that there is a bedroom and it's really a closet and you That's can't right. fit anything in it. So definitely could not afford a realistic apartment <laughs> more like a I don't know what it was um <laughs> there were times where to keep the lights on my roommate and I I remember eating like a pack of Oreos this is lunch and dinner because this is all we can afford so it's yep. dinner, or we're gonna eat you know and the funny part about New York is on that same night that me and my roommate had Oreos for lunch and dinner we get dressed up because we both love fashion, go out to like a party or something. And we like cross paths with Tom Ford. I feel like that's of course. New York of course. like we're broke as I don't know what, but we just see Tom Ford randomly walking by. So I, love it. My day. <laughs> I love it. And thank God for those free industry parties in oh, New York. Whew. Save this. Free, save right? Hors yeah. d'oeuvres and drinks. Yes. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. I love it so much. Well, <laughs> you know, how do you stay creatively inspired? Like, where do you get your inspiration from? Like some people travel, some people walk the streets. Like what, what's sort of your MO there? My favorite inspiration comes from color. If I mm. see the way the sky is lit up on a specific time, my imagination automatically goes to how many dresses would be beautiful in that color. Like, wow. Oh, a chiffon flowy dress would look amazing in this sunset orange or something like that. Um, flowers and things like that really give me inspiration color. I feed a lot of co from color. Mm. Um, after that, I like to connect like a lifestyle. So I would say real women, real women inspire me more than anything. Wow. If I see 
if I see a woman crossing the street and she's just dressed nice and I'm like, wow, she's, you know, you can tell she's on a mission. You can tell she's just focused on whatever that goal is. And I start to see what if she wore this? What if she dressed like this? You know, I, I paint pictures from that. From traveling as well, my friends, women, um, just really life. Life inspires me because, like I said, I can be on vacation and I'm I'm looking at the ocean and I start to see things that kind of can be great to wear in this place, in this wow. time. And, and that's how it goes for me. It's really simple. It comes very naturally for me. Hmm. I feel like um, what has been a disadvantage for me as an artist that I'm working on right now is not expressing my talent as much as I see it. So I'm wow. not doing all the things that I know that I can. And that's kind of keeping myself in a little box. So breaking out of that right now by just exploring and, 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 and being an artist and being okay with what I create and confident in myself. Wow. I love that so much. Do you, do you have like a, like a jumbo, one of those jumbo Pantone books with all the colors in it? Like, do you you keep one of those? I do. So I don't (laughs) have that. I I love color so much and I don't have the jumbo one yet. It's levels to that jumbo. I know. I was like, oh my God. I looked at the price tag. I said, my goodness. Like this is, this is an investment. Like, good lord, you get a laptop for this this price. That's crazy. I do. So I have a Chico for that. And I mm. have to thank one of my professors for this, actually. From school. I go to Home Depot or Lowe's or something like that. And I grab these color swatches, especially if my mood board kind of already has a direction. You probably see some behind us. That is so smart. <laughs> so that was my, you know... I, I, I still do that because it's a habit now and I use that and then I compare them to Pantone and I'm like, okay, this is very close. You know, I love that so much. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. You're like, hold on, hold on a second. Hi, can we help you with some paint? Oh, I'm good. Weren't you just here? Yes, but I'm good. Yeah. Leave me alone. <laughs> yes, I know the Home Depot by my house is like every three or four months you're in here painting your house again. That is hilarious. <laughs> I cannot even. That is wild. Well, you your work is clearly, you know, paying off. I mean, you know, you're in magazines now, you know, celebs are rocking your stuff. Like, was there a moment where you're like, holy crap, like this is like, this is really like becoming something like mainstream? Yes, I can remember the exact day. (laughs) So I am a fan of La Roche. I love La Roche. I think he is such a great image architect. Like the, he just takes chances and you know what I mean? He's a risk taker. He followed me on Instagram. I was driving and I almost like, When Law followed me on Instagram, and this was actually like uh, maybe two or three years ago, I said, oh, girl, now what can you do? What's happening? What can you do? Yep. And three years later, he placed Tiffany Haddish in one of my suits. And it was a really amazing thing. And such a humble soul and love. Like, he's just so amazing. He DM'd me like, hey, Tiffany wore your suit. I'm like, 
<gasps> you just made my day by just DMing me. I stand law. So yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Chills. That was a really great moment for me. I love it. So of course, naturally I'm an Aries. I'm Oh my god, I love Aries. I should have known. Straight no chaser, y'all. They're gonna give it to you straight. Yes, absolutely. So I'm like, you know, what's next? What are we gonna do next? Who are we gonna work with next? When is Miss Obama gonna be great in a suit? Let's talk about it. I am here for it all. Um, putting it out there, putting it out there. Um, yes. on Tiffany. So can you describe the suit that Tiffany wore? Yes, Tiffany. So we did this really beautiful lime green crepe suit, double breasted tailoring. It was a double breasted cut, but once we saw the fit, I decided to go against that double breasted and we added mm. just a single button and it looked, it came out really great. I feel like that color was amazing on her. And then after that, the custom lime green suits where my email was like, oh, I need lime green. Lime green Stop became it. a part of our, yeah, lime green became a, uh, a hit, um, you know, in the studio. And everyone was emailing me about, I love this bright lime green. I need lime green this. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That is wild. That is wild. Um, Obviously there's going to be a lot more to come from you. It's, it ain't going to stop. It ain't going to stop. But, you know, we've mentioned, you know, these moments where, you know, you're hearing God's voice and, you know, as you're going through this journey as a designer and just in life, like, how do you stay spiritually grounded, especially in a place like Los Angeles and in an industry like fashion? You know, there are times where it, which, which can be very ego driven. Um, mm-hmm. How do you stay spiritually grounded in that space to where you can hear God's voice? Like, do you have a practice? I prioritize God first, mm-hmm. you know, above everything else. Um Because without God's guidance, without the blessings that I have, where am I? What can I do? You know, even to wake up and get out of my bed is a blessing. None of that, none of this is possible without the ability to even do that. So, you know, I'm super grateful for that. And to, because I prioritize it, I make sure I take time to be grateful, to say those words. God, I'm grateful. I talk to God, you know, if I feel like I'm too busy, like, hold on, girl, you know, get in the Uh. net, be present right now. And, um, to do that, to, to stay focused on that. I meditate every day. I, Mm. I pray every day, multiple times a day, sometimes. Um, and I, I, I try to keep my mind knowing and aware that purpose is more important than popularity. Mm. You know, if I'm feeling, if I'm fulfilling my purpose, if I'm able to have this successful brand, my, my goal is to be able to make that connection and, and kids who look like me and that come from neighborhoods that I come from opportunities to connect, you know, if their parents don't have, or if they don't have grades to send them to college, what can I do to help you? So my business, you know, fronts or, or puts me in a position to help do things like that. So I keep that in mind, you know, purpose, be a good person. These are the things that money can't buy. You know what I mean? These are the things being, being happy, money can't buy that. So just staying grounded and making sure that I remember 
money does not pay for everything keeps me in mind knowing, okay, so then what, what does, you know, help me sleep at night and help me look in the mirror and be proud of the woman that I am. And that's being a good person, helping when I can, you know, being a good person goes a long way. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me about it. You know, there are times in the industry where I was like, does kindness go anywhere? Because some of these (laughs) evil i used to like talk to god like god like there's some evil people in here like they're just mean like but you know it looked like you know they were thriving and i was just like oh my god like you know i i could never be like that it's really hard for me and they used to be like you're so nice you're so nice but it's just like yeah it's like does it work though like you know it's like god does it like is it cool for me to be nice and 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 be able to make it like that was a big question for me for a while absolutely i had to also come to understand sometimes it's not about being mean it's making Mm. sure you're approaching people and not wasting their time because time money can be remade but time is extremely valuable oh that's true Mm -hmm. you know if you don't have things together if you haven't done some of the footwork don't expect me to, you know, because you, you're doing, doing some footwork at least is an example of your dedication. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. That, that goes a long way with me. I try to, if someone asks me for advice, I try to do my very best in providing that, but I can't do the work for you. I can't do your work and my work. Uh -uh. So I'm like, do all the work you can do. Yeah, absolutely. Before you even go there, make sure you Google all the things. Like, yeah. make sure you read all yeah. the things. Like, reading. I mean, I, I tell you, you know, people are like, oh my God, like, that's so long. I'm like, it's like five pages. Like, we're good. Absolutely. <laughs> you can't think of your success as so short term that you don't even have 24 hours to dedicate to learning something, you know? Wow. This is. If you're planning for a long-term success and you have 40 years to do something, then I mean, you know, what is 24 hours to learn how to do it a little better? Wow. I love that. I love that. Well, you know, one thing we love to ask all of our guests on the show is to share one of their favorite fashion moments of all time. I think you already shared one with that Tom Ford situation, (laughs) but one of your favorite, it could just be like another one, one of your favorite fashion moments of all time. It could be something personal, professional, something you witnessed, like anything that just like gives you like the, the tingles and you're like, Oh my God, like fashion. I love it so much. You know? Yes. Oh, I remember a time that is giving me chills right now. And I did not, I didn't even see it live. I saw it. I think I have no idea how I saw it, but Alexander McQueen had a show where models walked out in plain canvas dresses that were already constructed, but then he started painting them, a machine or something started painting them. And to me, that's just like the ultimate dream to be able to bring your creations and creativity for a collection and present it in front of a crowd of people and it translate like that. After seeing that, I said, oh my God, like this is, fashion is just, it's a dream really. You can create so much. And I mean, I know music touches a lot of people at one time, but fashion does too. You know, fashion, I'm way in California, a kid, I can't even remember how I saw this. And this is across the ocean that this is happening. And I feel this way about it. So 
um, I'm still in love with that moment. I, I think at that moment I realized like, wow, I just have to be a part of this some way. And it changed me. It changed the way wow. I look at fashion shows. Yeah. Wow. I get chills just <laughs> from you describing it and just from your perspective. Like that's so beautiful. I'm just so happy that we were able to have you on a fashion moment. I mean, I feel inspired. I hope y'all out there feel inspired as well. It's just, you know, especially for black women in this industry, it's just so hard and it's just so beautiful to see you rising like this and, and doing your collections, being creative, being who you are, having that freedom It's just so beautiful and inspirational to witness. So thank you. Thank you for being on the show. You don't know what this means to me. You (laughs) having me on your platform and on your platform and having me on your show. It means the world to me. We are forever friends now. I can't wait to Compton Unite. Compton Unite. Compton Stand Up. (laughs) Yes, yes. I appreciate it. it. Your platform is beautiful. What you're doing is amazing because not all black designers, not all designers, period, have a platform to go in and talk about this and talk about how much they love fashion. So I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for joining me for this week of A Fashion Moment. If you like what you hear, we'd love for you to join our community of listeners and spread the word about the show. We also want to hear from you. Share your favorite fashion moments and dream guests with us by sending an audio clip or email to a fashion moment podcast at gmail.com. Or you can tag us on Instagram at a fashion moment and you could be featured on next week's episode. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review and let us know what you think. Until then, see you next time for another fashion moment. Podcast production by Rebecca Rashid and John Taylor Williams. Digital media production by Megan Porras. This recording carries a Creative Commons 4.0 international license. Thanks to Patrick Patrickios for their song, Hot Coffee.